Thank you, as always, for making us part of your Saturday here on ESPN Radio. It's Dickerson and Hood. We're also on the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. It was an eventful and complicated week, Jonathan, for Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, who apologized for a series of anti-Semitic Instagram posts over last weekend. Um, Jackson has tried to, it certainly seems like, make amends and learn from his mistakes, but he absolutely is still embroiled in some controversy in Philadelphia. And no one knows the Eagles better than our guy, ESPN's Sal Palantonio, who joins us now on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Sal Pal, hope you're doing well, my friend, uh, during these uncertain times. You know, this is Deshaun Jackson's second stint in Philadelphia. I'm sure you know him pretty well. Was he ever someone that up until this point was known to say anything or or post anything offensive that, that, that people found out about over the years? No, not to my knowledge. Uh, he's a very popular player with uh, within the team and, and in this city, for sure. Um, we're very well-liked, very charitable. There's a lot in the community um, and, and well-liked in the locker room. You know, that's the reason why general manager Howie Roseman brought him back from Washington at uh, such a late stage in his career. They thought that he had plenty left as a player, but uh, more important, you know, he is really somebody that's beloved in Philadelphia. So, Sal, because of this, there's a big spotlight on him now because of the comments that were made and others against him, some that are backing him. What does that say for his future in Philadelphia? Well, you know, it's pretty clear from the statement from the Philadelphia Eagles and from Deshaun Jackson uh, that he has uh, accepted his punishment. Uh, they've come to a meeting of the minds about what transpired, and uh, he's uh, obviously apologized to the ownership and to the team. And now going forward, uh, he has to do the right thing. Uh, the Eagles expect him to be uh, much more learned about Jewish culture and Jewish history, get out into the community, speak to Jewish leaders, uh, perhaps go to the Holocaust Museum uh, with Julian Edelman. He already spoke with a Holocaust survivor yesterday uh, via Zoom. Uh, so, you know, he, he's got to do and say the right things. You know, it's, it's important to know the dynamics here. Not, not, mm-hmm. not only is Deshaun Jackson, you know, a well-liked member of the team in the community, but this doesn't really happen unless Jeffrey Lurie is the owner. You know, Jeffrey has shown that he is a really good-hearted guy, a guy with a good soul who believes in second chances. All you got to do is ask Michael Vick and uh, Riley Cooper, who of course was caught on camera using a racial slur Seven years ago, Cooper was sent home for four days for sensitivity training, but he wasn't suspended, and he was signed to an extension later by the team. So, you know, Lurie and Roseman are both very forgiving men. Uh, They want to make sure that, however, that Deshaun Jackson, going forward, says the right things, but also does the right things and owns up to the mistake that he made it's a great point you make, Sal, about Riley Cooper. We're talking with Sal Palantonio uh, from ESPN here on Dickerson and Hood on ESPN Radio. You mentioned that during the piece that ran on SportsCenter as well. 
Um, I don't seem to remember much after the initial fallout from Riley Cooper. I mean, that that pretty much, you said he signed an extension, and that pretty much went away, didn't it? Well, I, I don't know whether it went away in the minds of a lot of the players, African-American players, for sure. It's hard to know. None of them really spoke publicly about it. Um, you know, Chip Kelly was the head coach of the team, and as soon as Doug Peterson became coach of the team, Riley Cooper was no longer on the team. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think it. I don't. I'm not going to engage in any kind of moral equivalency about either these two incidences, but I think it just speaks mainly to the forgiving nature of this owner. And he wants to make sure he has a measured response to things. He's not going to act, uh, you know, from the hip. He's not going to act irrationally. He's a very thoughtful guy. Uh, He had a very long conversation with Deshaun Jackson on Tuesday for an hour in the late afternoon. And I was told that he was obviously very upset by what Jackson posted. Lurie, of course, is Jewish and um, is very close to the Jewish community in Philadelphia. You know, they had a really tough, honest conversation. Jackson, I'm told, was contrite. He was humble. He was extremely apologetic. And so they're all trying to move forward from this. That's that's where they are. You know, Jackson's got a lot to prove, not only uh, in off the field, but on the field this year, he's 33 years old. He missed most of last year due to an injury. Uh, they they want they want him to be a productive member of this football team going forward, both as a person and as a player. Sal, jumping in our conversation that Jeff and I had earlier regarding um, college football, we were talking about uh, reading that the Big Ten, Pac-12, they've decided to just go to just conference play. Uh, and get rid of the non-conference part of the schedule just to be in the area of their conference. Is there any word that you've heard or any contingency plans from the NFL as far as their scheduling for the regular season while COVID-19 is happening? Well, you know, this is a very um, active negotiation going on between the NFL Players Association and the NFL. There are a number of issues that they are still discussing before training camps even open up uh, regarding protocol. Daily testing versus testing that happens on maybe an every three-day uh, period. Um, the players want an acclimation period um, that would phase in players physically because there wasn't much of an off-season program. The players, according to some reports, don't want any preseason. The NFL wants two preseason games. You know, the NFL makes a lot of money off preseason because they don't have to pay players game checks. That's 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 a windfall of cash for them, and they don't want to give up those two, uh, all four preseason games. Uh, they may have to, however. Uh, there's there's some other issues about that economics that are unresolved. The, the the NFL wants a certain amount of the player salaries put into escrow, and you've seen some of the comments that have made players have made it said, hey, listen. Uh, I'm going to be on the front lines here. I should be getting a pay raise, not a cut in pay. Uh, so uh, there, there are a lot of unresolved issues before. And we only got what, – what is today? Today is uh, July, July 11th. Uh, July 11th. 11th. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we're, we're talking like in two weekends, players are going to start showing up to their facilities to get ready for the start of training camp, and they've got a lot of unresolved issues. Uh-oh, I mean, normally, Sal, we, we have that schedule already a month ago. We know yeah. the practices. We know everything, the, the yeah. preseason game. I mean, and, and now we're walking into this thing almost blind. And I know that, that this is a very fluid subject, and we live in a time of complete uncertainty. But just based on the people you talk to mm-hmm. around the NFL, are, are mm-hmm. you still optimistic that, that football will be played sort of as normal this fall in the NFL? You know, I don't, I'm never in the prediction business. I don't want to say optimistic or not optimistic. I think there are unresolved issues, but there are really smart people involved in the negotiations from both sides. Damar Smith is a very smart advocate for his players. Troy Vincent, former player, former Philadelphia Eagle, know him very well, grew up uh, right near where I live. Uh, and uh, others at the NFL are, you know, understand what has to be done to make the players whole in a situation like this. And I think everybody involved wants to see it happen and try to make it happen. The last thing they want to do is be the one league that doesn't give it a good try. Uh, You see baseball trying. Obviously, basketball has gone through a heck of a lot to try to create these bubbles, uh, this bubble down in Orlando, just to get some games started. NHL, all of them are soccer. So I, I think they're going to get the issues resolved. I think what you're going to see with a, a, a very high level of certainty is that players will arrive at their facilities. Testing will begin. They will begin to have meetings, workouts, and then, of course, comes practice. That's the key thing, right? How are they going to practice safely and, uh, you know, within this environment of COVID-19? That, that to me, is let's see what happens once they put on the pads and they start practicing against one another. I know, Sal, someone that can answer some of these questions. You seen Jerry Jones lately? Is he still on the yacht from the draft? Where is he? (laughs) You know, I... (laughs) Listen, I, I think that they, they are uh, they, they, the, the league and the Players Association are working this out, and mm-hmm. it's not up to any individual owners. I think you've got smart guys in the league office, and I think you've got smart guys in the, the Players Association. You've you got smart guys like Richard Sherman who are you know, you know, looking at this and saying, okay, we got this box checked, but that opens up these two questions. I think everybody's trying to make sure that they do it safely and as healthy as possible, but they give it a try, right? You're just not going to sit on the sidelines and say, hey, you know, we're not even going to try to do this. I think they all want to try to do this and get it right. Let's certainly hope it happens. Sal, thank you very much for giving us some time. Please enjoy the rest of your weekend, okay? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it.